This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 219, brought to you by InStock Trade, C2E2, and iFanboy listeners like you. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 219. 
My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello! And Josh Flanagan. It's very good to see you both. Oh, you went all serious. Nice. Yeah, and you're wearing an ascot, I believe, right, Josh? <laughs> Hello! <laughs> At ifanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. This week we definitely read a bunch of comics. <laughs> yeah. One of us picks the best one. They like the best. They write about it on the website. We talk about it on the podcast, along with various other topics of interest, the rest of the books of the week, all kinds of crazy Crazy Ascot stuff. Before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show, so we will be talking about things that happen in this week's books. So if you haven't read them yet or you're worried about spoilers, be careful. Use the show notes. Pause the show. Read your books. Come back. It will be happy times for everybody. Josh, you poor son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, well, I, I don't know what it is, but every, every single – how come I have to pick every time Green Lantern or Blackest Night comes out? <laughs> Or when, 90, is that? or when 90 book ship. Yeah, that was kind of a bitch. Yeah. You know what the thing is, though? Like last week when I had to pick, I, I had a couple of books that I loved. But for the most part, I thought it was a pretty you know, uneventful week. But this week, I loved like five or six books. So on the one yeah. hand, you had a lot there to were, read. The other hand, it was a lot of good stuff to read, I thought. So. There were five or seven books this week that could have been pick of the week contenders. Yep. I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, it I was a really t- hard. I, I bought 24 books. I bought 28. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, so if there were a lot of books that were contenders – you know, the Detective Comics thing is getting ridiculous. Really. I, like, I loaded up the page and I was like, again? Yeah, because <laughs> like, people this... don't ever say that when you talk about whatever. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, well I, I don't th- we've picked how many times? Rucka's run alone on the no, no, and, and I'm teasing you on this. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not disputing it. But um, Rucka, like, this is like a, a an epic run for a writer uh, in terms of the, you know what? the week. Like, four now? Maybe well, five? We haven't had this happen since the last time Rucka had a book of Batman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is just. This is Rucka hitting his stride, and this is this is him. You know, the well, thing is, he's been. It's Detective Week, Detective Comics eight sixty one is the big right. Uh, written by Greg Rucka with art by Jock or Mark Simmons, Simpson, something like that. Um, but uh, the thing about uh, the thing about it is, is Rucka's been through, like when Gotham Central was coming out regularly. Connor and I could not pick it enough. Right, that that was back when nobody cared. Uh, and then and then <laughs> not about, about Gotham Central. I mean about right. my fanboy. Not, <laughs> not even you. <laughs> Not, even, not many people cared about Gotham Central either. <laughs> you know, critics liked it. Um, and the same same could be said about his detective run. I mean, like the first time. Um, so this is no this is no you know new thing for him because as we know, like he was out of it for a little while, and you know, just for the last year, he's back and he's he's getting better as he keeps going. The thing about this is though, for this pick for me is you took a guy who's probably my favorite working writer right now, and you paired it with a guy who's probably you know if not my most favorite very close uh favorite artists and and then uh as i said in the review i wrote you know on page six basically we were back in gotham central and it was being drawn by jock and i was like this is this is too much for me to not think is my this was just for me this was this was perfect you know this was this was as great as a comic book gets to, to a guy like me um, which is why I went with it because it's my pick. Damn it! That's fine. That's fine. Although, I, I, though I do find it interesting, like looking in the post, like is in the in the Thursday morning quarterbacking, um, yeah. that that there was a lot of negative reaction to not that, that not, and they're, they're crazy by the way, but a lot of people who fell in love with J. H. Williams weren't too happy to see Jock. I thought um, I I heard a lot of that, actually. I, and I disagree. I do disagree with them because I do love the Jock. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
I mean, the, the artist we are 12. named Jock. Um, no, and so I disagree with them. And then also, um, and if you're on Twitter, if you follow Greg Rucka, some people had some issues with the storytelling in this. I didn't that personally. That was the only thing. I, 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 we're hijacking Josh's thing, but yeah, I don't care. Um, the, I, I read this after Josh made the pick of the week. I, I had so many books I didn't get finished till part two in the morning, but I was so happy to not have the pick of the week. Um, <laughs> the only negative I could possibly say about the book, and I thought it was excellent, I gave it five stars, was that this was a book told with parallel storylines that ran from two different time periods. And if, unless you were really paying attention, you didn't realize. They didn't do a good job of signifying that, that they were two different time periods. Like when you had J.H. Williams doing it in two different art styles, it was easy to tell. Right. Um, so here, unless you knew that the yellow circle around the bat symbol means that bat, it's an old Batman, and that you catch, if you didn't catch the line about Captain Gordon instead of Commissioner Gordon, and in the very first page, the guy says, I'm not going to be a costume supervillain like the ones that have been showing up lately. Yeah, you wouldn't catch those hints. They were very were... subtle. And was it was it two or three different time periods? It was two. It was two. Okay, I think it's two. Because I, uh, I was reading, um, I was reading Ruckus Twitters, and I thought he referred. I thought there were like two different Gordon periods, and then the Batwoman period. But I could have misread because I was at work. So. Well, the, it could have been Gordon. I think Gordon was in one of the recent periods. Yeah, he well, became, he's in both. He's in yeah, the pr- present and the future. That's right. what it is. Yeah, that's what uh, threw me off. I'm sorry. And his hair well, is very slight. I didn't I didn't I didn't realize at first what was happening and then when Maggie Sawyer showed up what I thought was the past. I was like, "Wait a minute, she's supposed to Metropolis." And then I, I thought put it all See, I thought and I I'll fully admit I got this wrong. Um and in the morning. <laughs> no, I mean, but the thing is at the end of the day like I thought about it and I was like, "It still didn't change my journey of the book because the themes the story itself was exactly the same. Right. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. A, there was a parallel story about Batman going after this villain cutter and about Batwoman going after this villain cutter. And uh, if they weren't doing it at the same time, but it was still, you know, still different. And and one of the things that threw me off is that early on, Rekka said that he was being very nonspecific about which Batman it was. And mm-hmm. so when I saw the yellow circle and I thought, oh, he's acting more like Bruce, I just went, well, that's just because he's writing it that way. And then the other thing is, you you guys all know that. The character design is fairly inconsistent among comic books. Right. So the fact that he had a yellow circle around him, I just thought, well, I, I don't yeah, know if that. That's that's a fairly that's a fairly it, major one. They, I would sure for you maybe, but I wouldn't have picked. No, but they, would, they, they made a big deal about it when they switched off of it back to the original yeah. symbol. Yeah. yeah, and and that's fine. I just I don't use that as as a teller. No, and I, a lot of people missed it, and I think unless you're really paying attention. Uh, which, but, but you know, I say you weren't. But I mean, yeah. you know, the clues were subtle. It wasn't like he hammered it over the head. Um, there wasn't it, like eighties rock playing in the background of the Batman. Right. Thing. Or but the, but but, <laughs> but but so it's interesting the choice to not do a just a narration box. You know, like I to set I like the, that. To, you know, I mean, I just find that interesting. I like that choice. I think that yeah. Ruck is a subtle writer, and even more so, you know, like in, in Jock's style is subtle. I don't know. Yeah. And again, it's like I don't know if it takes away from it all that much because. It, but it depends on what you're looking for in it. Like I think at times he's tried to be really vague with these stories, so I just went with vague. Yeah, uh, and I was fine with that. Now, when you want to talk about the the change in the artists, um, you know, Jock and 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 Williams are very different. Yeah, uh, they're very different art styles. So I, you know, if you've been digging the book, I get not wanting to see a change. In fact, I I you know I can I can even understand it, but like th- like Jock, I can't. You know, this is he's as good a guy out there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, he's um, just one of your favorite guys. You like him more than you like J.H. Williams. Oh, definitely. Thing. Yeah. He's great. He's one, of the, he's one of the top guys working. And the I, wanna, I wish we had more really of him. really makes yeah. him so much more special. Yeah. I like that we don't see him that often, in a way. Because <laughs> it makes him special. Yeah. It does. And, and yeah. it really, like, every time he does something, like, it's like a, it's a special thing. And, 
and even like he did um what was that what was that called uh with vertigo with mike carey the 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 weirdo one yeah one about the melting people yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really like that all that much. It was subpar, but it was gorgeous. It's like, yes. and very rarely, you guys know, very rarely do I buy a book for, for art. And I bought that one all the way through because it just looked so damn good. And it's not a typical style. It isn't for everybody. I can totally recognize that. The faces look kind of uh, jagged close up, and it's not necessarily realistic. But when you pull back, like the, everything works together as a whole. It's one of those things that if you study like a little bit of it, it doesn't work, but but there's a big flow and and so I don't even agree with that. I think I think they work individually. I think they should, it's just a style that people may not like. It's not a clean style. It's not a no. It's not a style that tries to be photorealistic. It's as far from J.H. Williams as you can get. But it's a, yeah. it's a style all its own. I think the panels work just. I mean, he's a great artist. Yep. And if you've ever tried art, I mean, I used to do you know draw when I was younger, and it's it's just as hard to do this as it is to do anything else. It just well, it's very on naturalistic. It. Like if you just look at like the curve of people's bodies. And sort of just the line that sort of goes through everything, like it just, it all works together to make something that that evokes a, a life and a personality more than it necessarily, you know, has that photographic quality. And just even on the very first page, like I got excited because he uses like that, and he does it all through the losers too. Um, Faker was the name of that book, by the way. Faker, yeah. Uh, right away, like he, he uses like a wide angle lens, and you can see a curve. Yes. In the horizon, and I, I love that. That is such a neat effect that that more artists I don't want to say more artists should do, but a lot of people don't do it. And it's it, I don't know if he does it digitally or how he does it, but it's really neat. And that first page, the first page is brilliant. Oh my god! And I did not like literally did not until I went back. I did not see Batman who's in every single panel, but I didn't see. Holy him the, shit! Oh, see? it's so good. Oh my god! I didn't even yeah, see that. Yeah, the first panel. You don't even rec- realize yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Then so there, like, then there. Oh, that's awesome. They're showing you what it is that it's like, you yeah. know, and 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 it's done so well. It's yeah. just such a neat, neat thing. Well, well, I, I mean, what well, it's funny because you know everybody's you know J H Williams did the cover, so you got a little taste of J H Williams, but then no, he, you know, he, did he? Yes, yeah, he did. He did. But then you know, like that the the two page spread of the the faces in half that yeah. felt influenced. Yeah, it felt, yeah, it felt influenced, but it, it also fit in the tone of what is now Detective Comics or whatever this run of Rucka is with Batwoman and everything. And it was just nice to see a different artist continuing that, you know, challenging layout and that sort of I, thing. I saw that two-page spread, and I was just like, I would give anything to put that on my wall. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> so cool. When you got excited about Gotham Central reemerging, I was excited about that as well. But also, whenever Rucka wrote Batman in this... Mm-hmm. I I got really excited. I had flashbacks to yeah. like, ten years ago when he wrote Batman. It's, he just he's it's really. I mean, I you know they they've announced that they're moving on to Batwoman after this book in the next couple of months. Um, him and J.H. Williams, but they weren't sure if he was going to stay on. I don't, I don't think he is anymore, and that makes me sad because I really wanted to see him get to write Batman again because he mm-hmm. does a he's so tuned into that character. Yeah. yeah, he really is. And that just that first, uh, I guess it's the the page where they cut to the bow of the boat and Batman's up there and he's dripping with water. He's in shadow. It, it's just all, even just like the one word of dialogue, it sort of tells you now even more so like what, what, kind, what kind of Batman we're looking at. And it's just done so well and so quietly. Yeah. Um, I, it was just, it was everything that I want out of a book. And like it reminds me of my favorite kinds of Batman comic books, um, which are, you know, which are not the same kind of books as, say, like a Green Lantern book or something like that, which I admit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why. That's I also really like the backup. I really like, especially this this two part story where they went to see the original questions um, old buddy, mm-hmm. and 
the backup doesn't get any attention because the stuff in the front's so good. But I think the backup is fantastic. I, yeah, it's good, and I, I just almost like at this point, I'm almost like just put the backup in the front so I can read it first, because mm-hmm. it's almost you know after the after the jock stuff and the J.H. Williams stuff, it's it's kind of hard to yeah, it's hard keep to, up that yeah. momentum. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's the only problem I have with it. It's not. It's good. It's fine. Like if the thing is, if they release this in a trade paperback of all these stories, like I'd buy this. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is also Rucker writing Renee Montoya, who's one of my favorite characters too. You know, and the I, Huntress, who does a really good job with. I find myself doing is I read the lead story and then I come back later and read the backup. That might not be a bad idea, honestly. Yeah. And then it's 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 twice my money. You know, I get I get <laughs> du- double the whammy. You know, double the enjoyment. I don't know, so, twice. Yeah, well, twice. I mean, instead of reading the comic once and then putting it in a bag and a board, and never seeing it again, I I read it I read it twice. So anyway, but um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, I laughed when I saw you picked it because it was like again. I, I didn't want like yeah. the thing. It's in the back of my mind. People going, oh, it is. And, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I just. I seriously thought you mailed it in and just didn't, and only read that book and were done by eight o'clock and watched TV and then went to bed. <laughs> that but. was that was not the case. <laughs> uh, one of the other books that on any other week uh, could have been and has been in the past uh, pick of the week was GI Joe Cobra two number one. Uh, this was the continuation of the acclaimed series, one of our top three books of the years that I fanboy. Uh, a lot of lot of anticipation for this one. Uh, I was uh, actually terrified for it because yeah. much much like any sequel to a great work, especially one that's not planned originally, you wonder if they're going to be able to keep it going. They're going to if it's going to seem less than if it's you know if it's going to feel like a cash grab. Mm-hmm. But this was great. Uh, it, it, you know what? And it, the wonderful thing about it was that it was paced in such a way that it, for a little while you were just kind of reading it. And then you got to the end and you were like, boom. Yep. Like it was a great, great ending to uh, an issue. And uh, it, was, it was really good. Just like the others. It was paced in that same way. Like it, it, was, it wasn't front-loaded. It you draws know, it you in slowly yeah. and then sort of yes. punches you in the mouth when you get sand. Uh, um, and it was it was everything that was good about the first series, same artists, same writers, and stuff like that. I thought the art was even better a little bit. Yeah, I can actually see that. I think it was uh, like they're just all locking into each other and really finding a groove with this because now having done that first series, they've uh, you know they've got like a confidence. You know they've got you know we know what we're doing. We're going to do it really well. There's there's not there's no unsureness in any of it. Um, I love scruffy bearded chuckles, and he's kind of skinny. <laughs> he's been there for a while and it just it 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 uh it evoked the first page that first cover of the first book and it was just yep. uh really 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 strong i don't even know if there's anything else to say about it that we didn't before but again no. you know on any other week this could have been a pick of the week yep. easily and it would have been the same thing as us picking detective oh the fourth of this out of six yeah but that's <laughs> that's how good these series are and i, don't, I think that's yeah. unusual i think people people don't appreciate how unusual that is well, um exactly. I, look, I look forward to reading it in trade <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I, yeah, I read. I, you got me the first one; it was great. I definitely, when this yeah. comes out in trade, I'll, I'm totally gonna get it. It was great. They yeah. Just, I just want to do it in issues. So. Right. Um, um, well, Kickass number eight came out. Just, um, you know, good. Thankfully, before the film. Yeah, I know uh, exactly, <laughs> and it ended. <laughs> got close there for a second. <laughs> really, um, close. you know what I would say about this is that for a little bit I was like, well, yeah, I could make this pick of the week, and I thought that'll blow people's minds. That would blow my at mind. The, at the end of the day, I think it was. I think this might have been the like the single best issue of John Romita Jr. art I've ever seen. Oh, Romita's art on this whole entire like the, the thing is, I I love this issue. I love this series. <laughs> Sign me up when this comes out in hardcover. I'll get it. Like I, lo- everything about this I've loved, and it. I thought, and this was a great ending, and it just totally hit for me on every point that I want from it. Even down, even down to the the ending 
Of course. Well, the the last page is the typical Mark Miller, fi- you know, middle finger yeah. end of wanted ending, uh, which I do acknowledge that. Um, but I just loved how it like it, it ends on that last page, and then you get the big all caps type end of book one, and you turn there's a two page spread that just says kick ass. <laughs> and then I really did like the at the end of it, the kind of like the credits with the photos of the creators and the guys who worked on it, um, including sultry Chris Eliopoulos. That's like nice. that's a come hither look from old Chris there, isn't it? <laughs> but I, I thought it was good to give like I really felt as if these eight issues, this series together, was something that was different than anything else that's been published and something special for them who've worked on it. Um whether Yeah, no, this is unlike any other book you're reading, and yeah, that's exactly. something to be said, which is yeah. when, when you've got a market full of hundreds of com- superhero yeah. comics. Yeah. Unless you're reading other Mark Miller stuff to we that if you no, like it just no, felt I, don't even, I read a lot I of Mark I, Miller. I haven't read anything like this ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not the shock value isn't enough. I wonder if they're going to have the little girl get beaten with a meat tenderizer in the movie. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I thought they handled like the ending, like when you know, like how you know the kind of the epilogue of like where she ended up and and stuff like that. I thought that was great, you know, and I, everything. I thought it was good, except for the kid coming home and seeing his dad having sex with the woman on the couch. That wouldn't happen. I mean, and that's the thing about about that Mark- wouldn't happen. That's probably the most oh. realistic thing that happened in this book. Uh, well, 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 you know what's <laughs> you know what stood out for me about that though, and I mean. It was just like uh, he he made the point to say she's black, they sh- but like I was like, why does it matter? Yeah, that's true. That's good and I, and like that stuck out to me. Yeah, and that's one of those little things about a Mark Miller book. Yeah, that I uh, that I noticed that isn't like it's just not for me. Are you saying Mark uh, Miller's racist? No, I'm saying that he. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying he's probably got a different idea of political correctness, yeah, which isn't necessarily yeah. bad, but he yeah. comes from a different place. And I really did it, to, to change the subject quickly. I really did like how they handled. Um, they said, you know, he's you know the kick-ass story, how he gets the girl, but then it went in the right the reality direction. <laughs> that was weird though, because he goes, "Yes, I did get laid," and then he told the story about how he didn't. Right, and then he then he says, "Okay, maybe not." You know what I mean? Like it was he was still in his kind of little fantasy world, but then we saw the reality of it. And I, th- I thought that was very funny. So no, and I'm not even saying I didn't like the, the I didn't like the story. I did. I enjoyed the story, but it's like he's just not my favorite. It's a taste thing, but whatever. But I really think. Like I was reading this, going based on art alone, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I really thought that John Romita Jr., who's a master, stepped up even way more. Like I was really, I was blown away by if, it. If this is the, if this is the one, I mean, because John Romita Jr. has been a company guy for since <laughs> the seventies, right? He's yeah. been Marvel, 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 and and I, you know, I don't even know. If, I don't. I'm not sure if he has any other creator owned properties. Yeah, he's got one, the Gray something. Okay, well, they're not making a movie of that. So, they were. It was in development. Oh well, yeah. Well, everything's in development. But I mean, like at least to you know, for to see him do a great series and then let it become a movie and like make some bank off it. That's I'm so happy for him because he's one of my, been one of my favorite artists since I was like a kid. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, good you know what's him. the most amazing thing? More amazing than the art is the fact that it finished. Yeah, I know you were. You didn't believe it would happen, did you? Well, you, even well, when you look at the other stuff, the Mark Miller yep. stuff. Where's yeah. Where's War Heroes? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. They even had a tour for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so so, but um, it wouldn't be a week with a co- with comics if it wasn't for another week in Blackest Night. This was the uh, overwhelming community pick of the week. I think fifty percent of the people picked Green Lantern number fifty as the pick of the week. I thought this issue would have been a bigger deal. Like, uh, I mean, I know it was big and on and I fanboy on the community, but like, or just a rant in general. I didn't hear people talking about it that mm-hmm. much. You know, like the you know, my yeah. friends read comics or in the store or anything like I, that. It was. Can, uh, I, can I tell you something? I loved this issue. This yeah. was probably my favorite of Green Lantern all along. How for two re- one reason was that I thought that uh, the art I thought Monkey 
was really on his game on this one. We've talked about some of them where some of the pages were less than spectacular than the others, but I thought this whole thing was very crisp. Well, do you think it could have been been helped by the army of inkers? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Um, I mean, Christian Alame, Rebecca Buckman, Tom Nguyen, Mark Irwin, and Doug Monkey all inking it. Uh, the thing that did bug me a lot about this one, though, the was that makers? no, that the cover spoiled it. <laughs> oh. The cover spoiled the reveal on the last page. If that hadn't yeah. been there, if I hadn't seen this cover, yeah. it would have been a whole different experience for me. But I knew it was coming. Interesting. And I think that I think that was a bad call. It's the one case when Ron's favorite thing hurt the book. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a, it's not a hundred percent. It's not a truism. It's just <laughs> you know when you can make the cover. But it would have been neat to like to have to show the parallax thing and have you know Hal and Sinestro fighting over it or something. You yeah, know I mean? no, yeah, it's like yeah. you didn't have to actually show Hal as Parallax come back because yeah. that really took away from the reveal at the end, which I think would have been a lot more powerful had he not been on the cover. Right. Well, to be honest with you, I, I, I enjoyed the art of this issue. I didn't like the like it's I feel like it's a little late in the story to now throw Parallax into it, even though I know Parallax is part of the Green Lantern type thing and all stuff like that. It, it's but, funny, though, because this is the same thing. It's, it's the same thing that happened in the Sinestro Corps War, right. except it was Kyle in that one. Yeah, you're right. It's exactly yeah. the same trick. And it happened at exactly the same time. Yeah. You're I'm at that point where I, where I was with Sinestro Core, where I want to get to the finale. Now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that I'm not enjoying it. I'm just ready for the finale. Yeah. You know, we've mm-hmm. been doing this for a long time. This has been a, this is a long day, by the way. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. The, well, the villain. The, it's the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the villain who's they, like they switch villains on us in this, and now yeah. it's the the Black Lantern Spectre. Yep. So like, they, it keeps changing. Which I guess is kind of the point because there's endless hordes of everything coming after them. Right. Um, and this is a fun book, and you know, it's it's but it's the same as it's been. Like every issue has been, you know, this was a good one, but but every issue's been kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're let's move along. Let's 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 get to Necron. Well, speaking of moving along, speaking also, of moving let's along. finish Flash Rebirth. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Where's that issue? Um, <laughs> well, speaking of moving along, how are things going in my favorite uh, comic book town, Connor? We have reached the end of a long journey, my friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> we are at part six of six of the Archie happily ever after story, where Archie six oh five, right? Archie, Archie six oh five. Archie gets to have his cake and eat it too. <laughs> He, uh, both of them at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> it really went to a dirty place. Did it really? I wasn't expecting. No. This was the part, that, if you recall earlier, Archie walked up memory lane, went to the future, married the Veronica, way, had trouble finding a job, wore a ugly plaid shirt. Ron uh, bought it, by the way. I said there was a threesome and Ron bought it. Really? I totally they did. did do that? <laughs> um, ahead, he had sorry. twins with Veronica. And then to get away from the noise of the house, he walked back down memory lane, ended up in the, back in college again, where he this time took the path of Betty, marrying yeah. Betty. And this is the issue. Last issue, they got married at Pops. And this issue is the post-life where Archie is a music teacher Aww. at Riverdale High. A little, little, bit, little bit of um, Richard Dreyfuss in him. <laughs> and, uh, I was in Jaws. He did the same thing. <laughs> and Betty's also a teacher at Riverdale High, and they're happy, and they have kids. Also twins, which means Archie is very fertile. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny? Because the, you know, they're, they're doing this story to show the future and basically placate both sides of the fandom, right? So you can, you can have the, the Veronica fans be happy and the Betty fans. But clearly they're, they're, they're rooting for the Betty-Archie coupling because this is a much more stable, happy relationship than what we saw out of the future with Archie and Veronica. Okay. And I found that interesting. Also... 
Um, the nerdy kid from school, Dilton, apparently discovered a parallel universe and disappeared into it, which is kind of strange. <laughs> uh, this, this book went into different... He's, he's Captain Adam now. So. <laughs> it's going to blow everything away. And then, and then of course, at the end, um, uh, Reggie and Veronica get married. And um, Jughead and Moose's girlfriend get married. And Moose is all into yoga, so he controls his anger so he doesn't pummel Jughead. Oh. And, um, then Archie walks back down memory lane and does what all we all wish we could do is he gets to go back to being young and he starts high school over. He goes back to high school. So it was a reboot. Well, he got to see the future and then he's back, back in the past again. So I wish back. I could do that. Like I'm bored one day. I was like, maybe I'll go back and try it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens if I said this. <laughs> I know. I've chosen the other girl. So it's been a fun, fun ride through the future. And, um, Archie is a kind of an egotistical megalomaniac. <laughs> game from this he's the um, music teacher and you know when he in everyone knows of course he had his band the archies when he was in high school his yeah. rock band he games that he, he he forms a music club out of his music class are they called the named, archies he names them uh what's the name of the thing something with archie in the name also it's like the archie group what's well, branding i mean that's not ego it's just branding uh, it's a little bit of ego when you name it after yourself yeah and you're not you're not in the club oh he's not in the club no he's oh, just that's a, fucked up yeah yeah, yeah. So he names everything after himself. He's also got a little. I like that they, they gave him a little bit of a fatter face when he was older, which was a nice touch. But uh, <laughs> my just, first job was programming Beverly load lifters. He's also wearing a very, very ugly green suit to teach at high school. Which was, <laughs> why was he a nerdy three PO? <laughs> no, we no, we were no. That was Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, that was Richard Dreyfuss. I was in Jaws. You're ringing the dinner bell. Uh, what was that movie when he was the music teacher? Mr. Holland's, Mr. Opus. Holland's Opus. Yeah, that's kind of a feeling I got from that. He didn't have time for his own music, which I didn't even realize. I read Archie for years, and he was really obsessed with music. He was, yeah. That was his thing here, was he didn't have time anymore for his own music. So. Well, you know, what screw, you know what screwed Archie? What, what screwed Archie was Napster. Yes. Yeah. So. MP3.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's huge on there. Uh, so, no, so here's the question I want to know. Archie hmm? 606, are you buying? Mm. <laughs> I really enjoyed this 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 tale. This romp. <laughs> you know, you gonna read it in trade. They are they are they are hawking the trade in this issue. Oh really? Oh. Maybe oh. that'll be I fanboy's book of the month for February. I still think you should read the series that Norm Brayfogel's doing. I read some of it. Really? Yeah, the realistic one. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Um, the digests. I don't know. I may or may not. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. It will depend on. I love the Archie segment. I'm going to miss it. It's going to be great. It was great. That was a fun six months. We haven't talked about X Men forever in a while either. Well, there's a reason for that. No, actually, <laughs> this week's this month's issue or this bi weeks issue was was better than it has. But um, yeah. Did you see that? Uh, uh, Louise Simonson's coming back doing X Factor forever. Really? Yeah, she's picking up her where 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 she left on X Factor. Yeah. People must be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I could go badly. Yeah. Yes. Next. I think it, I think it's a mini. To be honest with you, I think it's a mini. Yeah. Now, if Walter was going to draw it, that'd be something. I think Walt might be involved in it. I think let me check with that. But um, but yeah, Walt's Facebook awesome. friends with Walt. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. I would give uh, anything for a Walt Simonson moment. My first sketch ever was a Walt Simonson sketch. Really? It's up on my wall right now. It's that Thor. It's yeah. the first sketch I ever got. Love that. Oh, no, I don't uh, think Walt's on it. It's it's uh, Dan Panosian. I don't know who that is. Yeah, so yeah, so it's um, Louise Simonson returning to an X Factor Forever miniseries with art by Dan Panosian. So where her original run left off. I love that original run. Her her run on X Factor was great. 
Sorry. I remember reading some of it and liking it. Yeah, it was I, really, really good. I bought the first issue at some point. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. Like later. Yeah. I, was so like, I don't X-Factor, know why I need to have this. X-Factor Forever picks up immediately after X-Factor 64. Wow, that's awesome. So it's the same, like 1991, the same time. Oh, that's so cool. So like, oh, wow. <laughs> Kate, this uh, is this is you just reading a solicitation and getting excited about it. Yeah, pretty Let's much. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of sketches, if you really want to get sketches, it's probably a very good place to do that. Would be the C two E two convention for the first time in over two decades. A national comic and entertainment convention is coming to downtown Chicago, as opposed to just outside of Chicago. Make your plans now to attend C two E two, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, this April sixteenth through the eighteenth. Join thousands of comic book fans, creators, and celebrities for a weekend of fun and excitement. In the city of broad shoulders. I've never felt so much like Chris Neesman. <laughs> Special guests for this year include Alex Ross. He's from Chicago. Jeff Smith. Jeff Johns. Mike Mignola. Ethan Van Skyver. I know what Where you can, you can see him drawing Flash. <laughs> <laughs> you watch his hand moves very slow. Uh, and hundreds more of your favorite creators. Tickets are only $25. That really is a good deal. Uh, for a one-day pass or $50 for the entire weekend. For a full list of guests, events, and to purchase tickets, go to C2E2.com. But wait, there's more. C2E2 and I fanboy, that's us, are giving you a chance to win tickets and exclusive C2E2 merchandise before the big weekend. We'll be giving away one amazing VIP package, three weekend passes, five exclusive C2E2 posters signed by creator and guest of honor Alex Ross, and 15 limited edition C2E2 t-shirts. That's a lot of stuff. And the grand prize is lunch with an editor from Marvel. So that's a, that's a lot. I didn't realize that's a lot of things to give away. It really is. I didn't know we were in for this much work. Well, we're not. Uh, (laughs) uh, Entering the contest is easy. Just visit www.c2e2.com slash ifanboy and enter your name and email, and that's all you got to do. We'll be drawing winners from all the entries on March 19th. Stay tuned for more news about the official C2E2 after-party plans and more ways to win tickets and exclusive merchandise by following C2E2 on Twitter. Uh, That's at C2E2. They're, They're going big with C2E2. Isn't wow, that the really big are. finale for around comics at C2E2? It is, I yeah. I think the, the, after, the C2E2 after party is going to turn into the uh, around comics after party, I think. Yeah, yeah but what will happen is that... I'm going to show up and I'm going to dance on their graves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to piss on their grave. <laughs> what, ha- what happens is afterwards they all go home and then a week later uh, Sal comes back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe what are you guys going to be mean to them? Maybe there wouldn't be so many anchors on Green Lantern 50 if Christian Alame wasn't there all the time. Here's oh. the... So all the people that don't know we're joking get yes, mad at us. Friends. It's emails and text. No, yes. but really, I'm going to go dance in their graves. <laughs> <laughs> One down. All right. Uh, next up. Uh, you know what's we, weird, weird dudes, what? is that we did a whole show about how much we love this Astro City, and we do love Astro City, and it is one of the best comic, superhero comic books of the last decade, for yes. sure. I don't know why I'm buying it anymore. I am tell, I'll tell you exactly why. This is we were talking about this the guys the, the stuff that you guys buy every issue of no matter what. Yep. Mm-hmm. I own every issue of Astro City. Yep. And I'm not going to stop now. This, <laughs> See, now you know how it feels. Now you know this, how I feel. This yep. and Hellblazer are the only two things that I buy hell or high water. Yep. Well, it's funny cuz even even Kurt Busiek admits this is a bit much. I was just going to say if you read if you read on the letter page when yep. he says I think we can safely predict it'll be a long time before I ever think about doing another 16 barter. Yeah, it was well, a mistake. It, it was a mistake. Yeah. I, I haven't really liked any of this story, but I bought yeah. it because of, I love Astro City. But I don't think the characters are compelling, the main two characters. I don't mm-hmm. really care about what happens to them. I, it's, it's setting the past so all the characters we like aren't around. Yeah, and exactly. And it's just like I don't really care. But the thing is is that three more issues and it's over. Yeah. Do we, do we yeah. get a shorter one? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's yeah. just, at this point, yeah. 
don't care about these two guys. Yeah. I liked some of it though. Like there were still things in it that I really dug. Um, I thought the art was real good. The art was yeah, great. the art yeah. the art was was better than been what for a while. I liked. I love it when Silver Agent shows up. Yep. Yes. Like I just that means something. I really like the cover. I wasn't so keen on a straight direct translation of Swamp Thing. Yeah, I was like, like I was like, oh, he's doing Swamp Thing. Okay. Like it, it even had the like the ellipses in the speech, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Normally he puts a twist on it or something, but it was kind of exactly the same yeah. thing. But whatever, um, I, I love it. I'm but I like I like the, uh, the the weird looking dude who has the psychic powers for bad things. I was like, yeah. that's see, that's another one of those great Kurt Busiek ideas. Blindly yes. devoted. Yes, no, and that's that's the thing. It's there's, there's gems in there, but the overall, I just read this and I'm like I don't. Yeah. It's been how many you know twelve issues of this and yeah. just like oh. Anyway, but it's out, and so this, so this this begins the last mini four issue miniseries, and then we can move on from that. But I, I still love it. I love the cover stock, by the way, on the cover. I thought it was great. This is the kind of cover. The cover that, was real yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it, was, so. I, I, it, was, yeah. it was Swamp Thing, basically. Yeah, so. You know what's weird, and you're probably gonna find unusual, is that my pick of the week ended up being New Avengers sixty one. Really. I yes. was close. I'm yeah. not lying. I Here's was what I want. I want the classic superhero date issue between Superman, Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. That I was awesome when he said, are we on a date? <laughs> I want a whole issue of that. It yeah. was... I was literally this man laughing out loud a few times this issue. I think yeah. this was one of the better issues Bendis has written. I think he's re-energized. But my only problem is, yeah. is that it has the Siege cover treatment and I, uh, yeah. Siege, yeah. Yeah. Nothing to do with Siege. So it's, uh, it's like other, a siege issue. It ha- it's happening also, before siege starts. That's the problem. Yes, yeah. yes it is. So, anyway. This is imminent, though, right? Yes. He well, it's imminent and Akuna. It was Akuna doing. Akuna did the date stuff, and imminent did the Avengers stuff. Right. The Avengers stuff, the imminent stuff, was on fire. Yeah. Like, yes, he's great. He's the, he's he's the best issue. Uh, best artist has been on this book in a long time. Yeah. Um, yep. So that was good really stuff. good. Too. I really liked art this week. Apparently. Yeah. Well, a good. No, it was it was a real good week for comics in general, art, but. It was nice to see Steve back if he was wearing stupid black. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. So, um, Rolling along. Walking Dead number 69. They come to Washington, basically. Uh-huh. And so it's really the first time that, that the group has ever entered an urban area. And so oh, all that's sudden, interesting. Yeah, there's this whole other thing that they can do now. And I'm like, wow, they haven't done that. Uh, and the cover Probably is since the really- first issue when they left the, the urban yeah. area. But even then, it wasn't Washington, D.C., like you know, no. a real, real concentration of people. A real city. That, the cover you know, is is the Capitol building, and it's like you know, it's just like it's a it's a haunting cover. Uh, really, you know, really good. It's it's Walking Dead. It hasn't really slowed down. Keeps walking, and there's this really creepy dude who's supposed to be friendly, and he's like slightly overly friendly, and they're trying to figure out if they want to trust him or not. And then is there's a, a file? we don't know. There's a real sense of 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 uh, uncertainty with this in a, in a really good way. Um, so it's been it's been good. This is a good storyline. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Cool. Mm. So, um, Captain America Reborn number six. I I like this. I liked this whole mini. Um, I like. I'm enjoying. I enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed the Captain America book itself in a while. And it's unfortunate that all the baggage comes with it. But and I thought the even though you know obviously Steve Rogers is back and I've read him in in five or six other books in the last couple of months. Still, the moment when he came back was, and everybody saw he was back, and he sort of rallied the troops was was still very thrilling, and that was what I'm looking for in a Captain America book. So in that sense, there's a lot of I liked in this, even with all the stuff that's going on around it. I think this whole series, at the end of the day, was a big, like four stars. It wasn't a five star series. Yeah, and I think that's very very accurate. But it should have been. Yes, it should have been. And I think that's the thing that hurts is that it. 
it should have been five stars. And, and honestly, I, I don't. I still don't understand why it didn't happen in Captain America. I mean, I understand now this is going to be no, a collection I, I, and they can market it that way and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah, no, it should have been. And I don't. And we said it last week, last month. I don't think Brian Hitch was the right artist for this, this project. Yeah. I don't think he fits with Brubaker. But even even then, when Captain America shows up and holds a shield, shield up in the in the, in the air and everybody rallies, I was yeah. like, Woo-hoo! yes, yeah. So, um, and I also before we move on, I wanted to mention that I've already found what I'm getting both of you for Christmas this year. What? Which is. The ten foot Thor poster. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I went, and I immediately went, "Ooh, please don't!" No, no, it's happening. I think if you just painted that room. You can put it right you up there. Been in, the in my apartment. I don't have four feet of wall to put <laughs> it on. Don't. I don't. I really don't think I do either. We can wrap it. We can wrap it. It can. It can. It can curve around. Why are you can, covering like, the windows? <laughs> Um, so F- Fantastic Four 575 uh, Jonathan Hickman reunited with Dale Eaglesham and a funny thing happened with this issue I read it once and I really didn't like it and you know what I, I, I feel like it's lost some of it's magic and then I went back and read it again and I loved it interesting and and the thing was is that I, th- I think that I was expecting too much when I first read it and then I kind of sat down and I read it at a different pace and like the whole journey to the center of the earth which when I first read it I thought was rushed and was too fast but then the second time I read it it just it just kind of clicked in place again it, it wasn't the journey that was too fast it was the ending yeah. they yeah. got there and yeah. then we're out and yeah. I, like, I was like wait a minute yeah. we skipped the, the whole all off yeah. This issue. Yeah. the best thing was the Eagle Shamar I'm, I'm in love with the way he draws Reed oh, I'm in he, love. yeah the Eagle Shamar was fantastic what I thought was really odd though was the last page recap the Hickman laid out thing like yeah. that, that was I was like that's weird like so I'm really it, curious what the next issue is going to bring yes yeah. and I, th- I thought it was interesting yes uh, in that way like I was like oh he decided not to tell that story, yeah. which it's like means the dragnet ending. Yeah, 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 totally. Because like, because the thing is that you had you had the thing jump out in the evolutionary set and get all morphed, and then in this recap page, it goes one hour twenty three minutes later. Ben Grimm reverted to his non devolved state. Like, it was just like really no, like but, you're not even to show it. <laughs> then they were like, oh, here's how the city got there. Yeah, and here's what happened a year later. Yep. Now we'll go from here. So that's going to be yeah. It basically, it's it's a replacement for At- Atalan, the the yeah. black, the inhuman city in yeah, a way, but with moloids. Yeah. yeah. So Smart. I love Moloids. I love, but I don't know. Yeah. So, but I do. There were there. It wasn't as perfect as the last arc. But after reading it the second time, I thought it was. I, I did enjoy it more. So. It wasn't an arc. It was, well, I mean, yeah. Well, no. But I mean, intri- it's almost like a cold open. Yeah. Exactly. I know nothing we'll, about that. We'll see. So okay. Um, Punisher number thirteen. Um, Rick Remender, Tony Moore. T- Tony Moore art is just fantastic. It's it's just that it just got to be said. It's just Tony also Moore top five. Yeah, I mean he, he Tony Moore right now is on the top of his game. Some of this art, the the detail and the rubble and the 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 pieces of machinery and you know and just like in the fights and the explosions and stuff like that. It just it, this was just so much fun to read and and you know Frankenstein Punisher is it's been it's been good. So I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And that's that's what can be said about that. Uh, are, are you, are, Ron, you probably are. You reading the current arc of Northlanders? It's, read it the, it's the best one yet. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Leandro Fernandez. I, I'm a really big fan of Leandro Fernandez. He first came. He was the one who did the big noses in Queen of Country. Queen of Country. Yes. Um, He's gotten a lot better. Oh man, has he? Uh, it's a beautiful book. It's very dark and shadowy. Uh, I've really loved this. It's this playing with. Um, the idea of disease in a closed off like northern. It's so I've never uh, in, in in Northlanders and really with Brian with what Brian was writing. I've never had a more sense of isolation and fear when reading mm-hmm. when reading an issue. And it's not even and the the issues aren't linear. It's not like one after another after another. It just it's summing up this time this winter 
You know, so like last issue didn't happen the day before this issue. Like I get the sense that time is passed, is passing, but it's just like such a sense of fuck, you know, like it's, it's cold. Just, yeah, it's cold. It feels yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've really enjoyed this arc a lot. And, and I don't, I haven't been buying this in issues. Um, but I kept buying it because I read the first one yeah. and I really, it's, it's been, this is, this is fantastic. It's good. It's good. It's going to be a great trade. Yeah. User reviews, Connor. Decide what? <laughs> he reviewed Batman and Robin number seven. I lost my voice there. Batman and Robin number seven. He gave a five out of five in the art of five out of four. <laughs> it might be the other way around. <laughs> That's not a fraction that exists in this, in this rating system. 3.5% of the users gave it a pick of the week review or a pick of the week rating. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm having a beer. It's so, <laughs> it's so easy to consider Morrison a big concept guy. This is a Desaad's review. More concerned with the ideas than the impact that those ideas have on his characters. But this run is all about the characters. Every arc, every issue has some astoundingly resonant scene or page or panel. His characters are so human here in a way that can be often be lost in a big superhero work. And uh, I thought that this issue was much more of a return to the feel of the first arc than, it was, than the last arc was. Well, I, th- I think we should get, I mean, I think art four to five, I, I disagree. Cameron Stewart, Cameron Stewart is fantastic. It's fantastic. It might, it might have been five. Yeah, it, it was five. Yeah. Um, he might have written five. And this personally for me, this... Five it, out of five? If he could have, he should have been, a, it could have been this crazy math in this art review. <laughs> um, it, it, this yeah. is going to be no surprise, but like I loved reading, I loved looking at it and I followed the story along. I, I didn't read, I, I stopped reading and quietly left. And this is my first time back to this title now, you know, now that the dark time has passed. Um, I don't care about Batman. Like the whole – like, the, and that's the thing. It's like the same way that, you know, you might not care about X-Men or whatever. Like I'm reading it. I'm just like, ah, I don't really care. But the art was beautiful, so. You don't I, care about the story. I think you, you like Batman in other, in other venues. I like, I like Batman in the, in the same way that, that Josh has talked about liking The Punisher. No, it was four out of five in their view. I just looked it up on the website. Okay. Anyway, um, I like you know in the in the way that in the way that Josh likes to punish her as a device. I enjoy <laughs> Batman in bigger stories. I don't think I, I enjoy li- Batman stories. So I I can see that like uh, in the way like Batman as he appeared in say Grant Morrison's JLA. Yeah, it was awesome. Like he was a, yeah he was kind of awesome and and, and I can see those are two different things. And yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And I'm, I, I'm not criticizing. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, though. No, I recognize I'm trying to reconcile with your enjoyment of the cartoon and the movies and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean I like the idea of it. I don't know, but in the comic form, I just can't. I, it doesn't pull me in. But Cameron Stewart yeah. was great. Uh, you know, the only thing about this was that I, I missed Damien. That was my favorite part about well, the he book. Was in the issue. Sort of. He was getting his back all. He was in. Ripped. He was in Bacta. Oh, I was. I was trying. I was like, just stop talking. Like, oh, he said it. The Bacta he tank. Back tank. So, uh, anyway, he's gonna be back. Look at the covers that are coming up in this arc. Yeah, he's, he's, he's back. Shows up. That's here. totally fine. Uh, next up, we have Akamu with. This is a really positive review from him. Uh, <laughs> Ultimate Comics Enemy Number One. Are they just calling him Ultimate Enemy? That doesn't no, seem they're, right. they're, they're calling him Ultimate Comics. Ultimate Comics, yeah, Ultimate Comics. Uh, story of 5 out of 5 and the art of 5 out of 5. And he says, Bendis' Ultimate Enemy number 1 brings back a whole bunch of Ultimate characters that we haven't seen since the Ultimatum wave, and it just feels really good to see them again. You can barely smell Loeb on them at all. Sendevel and Bonnet's art is crisp, but the highlight of this issues are Matthew Wilson's colors. Is that weird? There's this bright bubblegum vibe with these colors that I haven't seen outside of Invincible. The um, the art on this issue was fantastic. I loved this. This was I loved this a lot. Yeah. yeah. This again was another one of those could have been pick of the week books. This wow, that would have blown know, me away if you picked the same, all the books. Yeah. In the same way that that New Avengers felt refreshed. Yeah. Uh, so did this, and I I just really enjoyed this one, and it was what I want out of Marvel Comics. Yeah, it was really good. Which is what I'm telling you something because this is like another Bendis book, and I think uh, something happened to Bendis in the last yeah. couple of months. He's totally re- 
One of his movie deals went through. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, well, there's a question about that. We'll get to that. Well, for, well, for, for those of you who don't know, Ultimate Enemy, it, it focused on the, the female Peter Parker, Spider-Man clone, Spider-Woman. Uh, ben Grimm, and Invisible Woman from Fantastic Four, and Nick Fury. And it was, it was just great. It was really good. So it was, Something it, is it, happening. They're, they all got attacked. We don't, yeah. this, the Ultimate Enemy refers to some big enemy in the universe. And I thought this was a lot of fun. And that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Big of, surprise. This is a total surprise book for me. So I bought it on a whim. I wasn't necessarily going to, but I saw Bendis was going to write it. So I definitely got it. And, yeah. uh, Good stuff. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. You can see all the books that come out every week. You can uh, do your pull list and then on Wednesday come back and rate them and write a review and we might read your review on a future show. So ifanboy.com forward slash comics. A man is allowed to have some damn chicken. Yes, he is. In stock trades, you can save up to 37% off of your orders with free shipping on orders over $50 with over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order. With new releases listed every Wednesday and orders usually shipping within 48 hours from www.instocktrades.com and come to the Summit City Comic Con on May 22nd, Fort Wayne, Indiana, www.summitcitycomiccon.com. You'll find that link on our show notes, and that is in conjunction with In Stock Trades. It's, yeah, it's going to be a great show. If you're in the, Fort, in the Indiana area, you're not going to want to miss it. So those, And the, we don't normally mention trades that come out in, in the week, but if you're looking to buy a trade and you're at yes. In Stock Trades, you should check out the new Jeff Johns Avengers trade, which collects his brief run on Avengers he did about 10 years ago. Oh, I was going to say to get the Losers Volume 1 and 2 in one edition that just came out this week as well. Well, there's Fancy. many things you can Yeah, this is a good I, week I for trades. Up, yeah. I picked up the Avengers trade, the Jeff Johns Avengers, which has an art by Gary Frank in it and by Rick Mender. I remember that. I remember that. So, Really? All right. Yes. On to the emails. Our first email comes from uh, PV from Chicago, and he says, Have you noticed that compared to his peers, Bendis can't seem to catch a break in the TV movie business? Looks like the Powers TV pilot is stuck in rewrites, joining the Torso movie in development hell, and this after Jinx fell apart. And meanwhile, Mark Miller can't seem to have an idea that doesn't turn into a movie, (laughs) and there's rumors of him actually directing something, and the Walking Dead pilot's been greenlit, and Brubaker even had his name in the title of his his Angel of Death movie, etc., etc. I know Bendis contributes to the Marvel movies, and no tears need to be shed since he probably still got paid for some of the screenplays, not to mention Definitely. all the books he has in print, but I can't help but think he'd be frustrated considering all the deals flying around. Do you think it's just rotten Hollywood luck, or is there something about his properties that makes them more difficult to produce? Au contraire, PV. Yeah. The news this week broke that his old, old, old indie book, Fire, is greenlit for a movie with Zac Efron. Yep. So, oh. So that's going to make him some money. A lot of money. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's going to be big. Yeah. I think one of the things is he's he's always attached to it as as the actual writer for a while. So I think he stays more involved with it, which might be one of the reasons I'm totally speculating. Yeah. It's hard you can't it's, it's hard to a speculate about so how what happens yeah. in Hollywood. B it's hard to generalize. You can't generalize yeah. anything about Hollywood. I mean, you know, Hollywood is a rare beast unless you've ever really been inside of it. It's hard to really understand mm-hmm. what happens in there and, and stuff then. gets stuff gets Killed and put in turnaround for any reason well, or no reason, and, and just that's just the way it goes. And that's the thing. And if you're a fan of Bendis, you probably listen to him on Word Balloon every quarter or so, doing talking talking stuff. And he's very candid and honest about what's going, what he can about what what he can talk about with the movie stuff. And like it sounds like Torso was you know stuck with Fincher and all that stuff. Like that's an example of it being stuck in development hell, absolutely, but completely out of his hands, at least from what it sounds like. Powers, I'm pretty sure that's that's we're going to see that on TV. Like yeah, that, I don't yeah. feel like that got stuck. I no, feel like uh, yeah. that's going. They just attached. No, they, they just decided that they didn't like the script, so they had a new writer come in. So right. I think they're. I think. I think FX is pretty gung ho about getting it on the script on yeah. the air. I don't know. It just may not be soon. That's right. all. You know, and the, the other thing is, you know, there are a lot of people 
uh, a lot of people in Hollywood who make who make careers uh, writing writing stuff that never gets produced and doing rewrites yeah. and things like that. I think it's all and, those scripts and, and options and all everything he's ever sold over the last ten years is making. He probably he can sell a screenplay for more than he's going to make in comics in a year. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then the other side of that, he also gets to be a successful comic book writer. So. You know, I think that in in Bendis, like at his heart, like he wants to be a movie writer guy. I yeah. think that that's absolutely clear. But you can see that he loves film. He's, sti- he's still young, yeah. in a way. You know, he's got yeah. a long way to go. He's, he'll be. Uh, fine. I think he's gonna be fine. He'll, oh, yeah, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I went to. Did I tell you guys that I optioned the iFanboy story? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> to, to his sister. Yeah. Uh, Art wrote in with just a quick question comment on what we think of the San Diego Comic Con pretty much selling out already. Uh, I've attended the last seven shows, and I'm sad that I waited till five months before the damn thing started to buy my passes. This is about the time of the year I always purchased my passes. I didn't think anything would change till a buddy of mine told me they sold out except for Sunday. I'm a little bitter, but I posed the question to you guys. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are the hardcore fans really going, or is it mostly Hollywood types trying to pimp out their latest crap movies and TV shows? Hey, him. Um, he, he wrote that. I'm really, yeah. I'm really confused by the the Comic Con selling out thing. I wonder how much of it is going to scalpers and things like that. I don't know. It's hard to. I, I mean, my it's, thing yeah. is, we we've discussed this before, but if you really want the comic book experience now, I don't think this is the convention for you anymore. No, it's it's Emerald City, it's WonderCon, it's New York, it's C2E2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this is, and it's not, it's not the Hollywood types pimping their stuff. It's the fans of people going to see the stuff. Yeah, yep. Twilight. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, not, not two hundred thousand development executives coming down from yeah, LA. Exactly. It's it's, it's really it diehard, you know, Transformers fans or Battlestar fans or whomever that want to see the sci-fi and, yep, and exactly just, yeah. love that kind of stuff more than comics. Yep. I, I think that's definitely true. Um, it's not, and it's not a bad thing because as a fan, as a comic book fan, yes, there are a lot of people there, but. You know, I, I just—it's not the best comic book show. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to—I'm going to tell you something. A little, a little fact about life. You're going to find things in life that are going to be so wonderful and special and fantastic, and it's going to be your little secret. You're going to share it with your friends, and then slowly by slowly, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it makes you sick. And it happens with like music, like Lollapalooza. The first two Lollapaloozas were fantastic and amazing, and it became a joke. You know, like all those, you know, all these, you know, with these big kind of cultural events, they all reach. I mean, it was the Roman Empire. It happened for an entire society. It reaches a point where it gets wow. so, so big. Well, no, it's true. And like honestly, I think San Diego will self-destruct in, in within the next like five to ten years, or, or move to Vegas. Like it can how you guys have been there? How much bigger can it, can't, it get? It can't get any bigger. Yeah, they, they have to. They have to add more. They're going to add more to the convention center. Are they going to build that by July? No, it's going to like it, it's it's uh, it's it's none, very, none more black. Yeah, exactly. I it's, don't. I don't no. think it's a bad thing though. I think that's just yeah. the popularity. I think it's you know at this point, if you don't know that the tickets start, I mean, the tickets start selling for the next year, the day after the of the last yeah, con. Exactly. You know, if you go on Sunday, you see they're selling them for the next year. So, and it, if you don't know by now that you can't wait till. January to buy your tickets, then that's on you. I mean, you got to keep up with these things. It's it's getting bigger and bigger every year and every year. This is not the first time it sold out before. It sold out last year before the con started. So, but you know, five years ago, you did not have the options like you do now to go to other fantastic comic center shows, and that's the difference. Yep. Well, that Baltimore um, Heroes. So many good shows, like and and ge- geographically. So if you live in the Northeast, just come down to New York. If you live in the Midwest, go to C two E two. Go to the go to the um go to the what's it called the the Summit City Comic Con. You know, like if you live in the North Pacific in Northwest, California, go, go to WonderCon. Yeah, I mean, go to go to Emerald City if you're in Seattle. You know, like the, it's so and, and you can connect with the creators. It's great. 
but if you want to go to the, the movie panels and the things, then you deal with it. Yeah. So. You know, that's kind of the deal. Yeah. So um, he, uh, shoot us an email, contact.ifanboy.com, if you want to complain about San Diego or any other convention that's going on. Um, all right. Our, we've only got one voicemail today, and here Yeah, it is. one quick voicemail. Yeah. What's up, fanboys? This is Rap from Detroit. Just wondering if you guys have ever found yourselves in a position where you're starting to fall out of comic books, that you're finding yourself just not as into it as you used to be. And do you have any methods that you found to get yourself loving comic books as much as you once did? Thanks a lot. Bye. Well, I think this voicemail hits a little close to home for our good friend Josh Flanagan. I come in and out. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, no, if I recall, Connor, you can back me up here. Yep. There was a point where in 2004, 2005, we were convinced we were going to lose you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you were you were going once a month. You were buying like three books. You were on your way out. You were on yeah. your way out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, what happens is I think that I, you, you guys have seen this in me. Like I get bored yeah. with with status quo of things. And the thing about comic books is they're all about maintaining the status quo. Right. And for me, it's always about finding something else to get excited about, even if that means going back and reading something you used to love. Yeah. It's like you, you, but you could. The thing is, there's so many ways that you can keep reading comics. It's like no one's going to get bored of watching movies. But people are going to get bored if they always go and watch the same kinds of movies all the time from the same people. And I just like for me, I just you have to restoke. I, you could also start a, a fairly successful podcast that can get you back into it. Um, um, but even then, I've had ebbs and flows where you're kind of not as excited. Well, personally, um, personally for me, the last time I I I kind of checked out of comics was 1993. <laughs> that was 17 years ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for the next one. But I'm still yeah. I'm still riding this wave. But, but you, you never get bored, like of no, some absurd things. This is Wednesday is my little slice of personal private heaven that I can look forward to. And if I can get to Wednesday and get to the store and get my books and go home and read them, then it makes all the bullshit I get through for the seven days before that worth it. And that's been like yeah. that since 1994. I have I've been reading comics since the early 80s, and I've never had a point where I thought about yep. even close to stopping. I had. Been going weekly since ninety one. Yep, exactly. I've never even considered it. I mean, I get yeah, you get point. You get to points where the stories get kind of boring, and you check out new books. But I've yeah, never I get, I, yeah, I get, I get bored. I get bored with specific comics, but I don't get bored with comics. I, oh, no, I, so. and I don't. I don't even mean like I see. See, I don't think I'd ever stop reading comics. That's never ever going to happen. But the way that I do it, I could see that changing. Yeah. You know, like the going every week. Like I, uh, I could get books and read them like that. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Well, to each their own. But um, all right, so that's and that's your cross to bear, Rob, Josh, whoever else. Uh, call us at iFanboy at call us at one eight eight fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Let us know if you ever feel like dropping out of comics. Um, and to to clarify again, I do get tired of a title. Like I do, like oh, this is boring or whatever. You don't stop buying it though. Well, no, sometimes I do. <laughs> on the rare occasion, not with the, not with the. I mean, I, I look. I mean, there are commitments. I made a commitment. I, I made a pledge. I stood. I stood up there in front of everyone and said, "I will read this comic till the day I die." So you didn't. I know. Uh, <laughs> one of the ways that that a lot of people we know have maybe got got bored with comics and they decided to keep going is because they like listening to the show. We've heard yeah. that a lot. Yes. Not to not to toot my own horn. Toot. Uh, but 
one of the ways that you can help uh, sort of repay that debt and, and pay it forward, as it were. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can help the show. You can make sure to click on the banners at ifanboy.com. Those are sponsors. They are there to help us and to help you get all that free content. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and if you click on the little Powered by Amazon box there, it'll take you to Amazon proper, and anything you were going to buy there will just help the show out. You don't have to do anything about it. That is a wonderful way to help. Thank you, everybody, yeah. over the holidays. Uh, I got a Bentley because of it. Stop. Wait, what? That's, that's, that's definitely not true. I don't even have the account for that. Uh, another thing you can do is check out the shirts. We have a smoking Fear Agent shirt by Jerome Opeña, who is, as you might know, one of mine, Rick Remender uh, and, and Tony Moore and Jerome Opeña's creation, Fear Agent. And we have the only Fear Agent shirt in existence, I ever, believe. Ever made. Sanctioned, ever made. Sanctioned by Rick himself. And this, is, this shirt is selling at Herm Speeds. Herm Speed. Yes. Yeah. So. God, that, that, you know what? I want a big-ass Fear Agent hardcover book someday. You're going to get it. That's, that's, yeah, I know. Uh, and there's still some of the Battle Pug shirts left? Not many. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a few. There's, not a few. There's, there's about 20, 25, and there, some of the sizes are sold out, so make sure when you go to order, you check to see what sizes are available what aren't available. But, um, yeah, they're, they're almost out. They're almost done. It's, it's so cool every day that people are getting them, taking a picture, and put them on Twitter. Yeah, that's really cool. Got do that. Shirt. Yeah, do that's that. If fun. you get your shirt, put it on, take a picture, put it on Twitter. So That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and the other way you can do is to become an iFanboy member. We've talked to you about this before. It's the most direct way that you can help support the show. If, if this is something that's important to you and you can, uh, you can stand to spend a little bit of extra money to, to keep things going around here, we appreciate it more than you possibly know. Uh, it's just, just a little something you won't feel very much, $4 a month or $42 a year, or if you really want, $10 a month or $100 a year, and for that, you will get an iFanboy prize pack, uh, button stickers, uh, or comic book. For the higher rate, uh, you would get a T-shirt as well. And you will be eligible for the many giveaways. I don't know if you've noticed it. We've given away a lot of cool stuff, and we are just getting effing started. I really hope you are continuing to listen to this podcast so you hear the the awesome giveaways that we've got lined up. Um, so Planet Hulk, the movie, the DVD movie is coming out, the animated uh, movie. It's out on it Tuesday. Comes out on Tuesday. Um, yep. We have teamed up with the folks who put out Planet Hulk, and they've given us two copies of the DVD. We have a regular DVD and a Blu-ray DVD to give away. Um, so we're going to be giving those discs away to a lucky member, and we hope that one of you have a Blu-ray player, but we'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll be giving away two copies of the DVD, pl- DVD only to members, so you've got to make sure you sign up. We're going to be giving it away next week on next week's show, so you've got one week. You've got to sign up by next Thursday, Thursday. by this Thursday, it- say that. And um, in addition to those DVDs, we're also going to be giving away two autographed posters of the movie of the box art of the movie the big hulk you know grabbing the planet signed by alex ross yeah so that's that's a lot of alex ross signed stuff this month that's a lot yeah it is actually (laughs) um so so if you want to win the poster if you want to win a dvd you got to be a member so make sure you're signed up by thursday and then also look at ifanboy.com because we're gonna have a post of all the great month of giveaways in February. February is a short month, but we're packing in with giveaways. And can I th- can we tell them about the big giveaway? Do I have to wait a week? You gotta wait. Oh, you're killing me! All right, it's well, a big giveaway at the end of the month. This is yeah. gonna be a big giveaway month, so you want to go to ifanboy.com and see the red post at the very top that shows you everything we're giving away this month. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So. Very cool. Uh, all of that stuff can be found over at ifanboy.com, which is our website. If you listen to the show or you watch the video show, you just do one of those things. You're missing out by missing the others. Uh, the website is a hub of activity. A lot of stuff's going on. There's been a lot of cool things going up there this week and a lot of fun conversation about it. And make sure you go there and check it out every single day. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash about. You can find out who we are 
and other ways to hook up with us on the web and follow yes. us and everywhere. If you, and if you are on Twitter, go to twitter.com slash ifanboy and follow ifanboy because that's a good way to get a lot of good stuff and see creators and we're talking to people and stuff like that. So I'll tell you something. If you follow me on Twitter and, and in the New York area, there's a good chance you could get something too because I got some stuff I got to get rid of. Dude, random giveaways. <laughs> random giveaways. Those will happen too. I got uh, a couch. <laughs> <laughs> got an old microwave. Doesn't really work anymore. Get some shelves. No. And some comics. old clothes I don't fit anymore. <laughs> Good comics. Uh, the video show also is every Wednesday. This last week was the Wildstorm show. Very fun show. A lot of good uh, feedback on that show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really it's and and what's really neat is that people have been saying like. They've been going and checking out the books, and a lot of people have been coming out of the woodwork going, wow, that does sound good. And I think it's uh, – I mean I'm on board to go forward with Wildstorm, so that's awesome. And then this next week, we got ourselves another anthology show coming up. Nice. Um, so whatever you think of that. Uh, but <laughs> Josh, I, think, I think they're a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. This one's going to be a good one this week. So. Josh, we know what you should do is when I was, at, when I was working at Miramax, they came in one day. There was a big box of clothes, and I asked, well, whose clothes are those? And it was Billy Bob Thornton's clothes, and you should do that. You should get a big box of your clothes. And I, think I think he's got to lose the weight first. And then gain <laughs> it and then lose it. You could be iFanboys, uh, the internet's own Josh Flanagan giving away your clothes. <laughs> Are you giving away clothes? Really? No, I have oh. comics to give away. I think you should <laughs> give away clothes. I think that'd be more. Who wants a shirt from Josh, from Josh Flanagan? No. The Josh Flanagan no. worn. Everyone on Twitter say, I want at Jay Flanagan shirt. That's what yes. I want to see. Yeah, so say that. Say I, I say and then throw at, <laughs> throw at iFanboy in there somewhere. Yes, <laughs> I want to see a, a a concert of people wanting Josh's clothes on Monday on Twitter. Okay, this will, this will be like when we tried to do the five cent PayPal donation movement and we got <laughs> we got fifteen cents. <laughs> anyway, that was that was a long time ago. We should try that again. Yeah, we should. It co- no, because it cost more money. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it really cost did. Money, lost money on that deal. All right. You can send us an email at contact at fanboy.com. We should find out what the minimum is, and maybe it's 50 cents. Or leave a voicemail, 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics. Unless they're three minutes long, yep. then we don't want – again, we should reiterate. We, we haven't done it in a while. Keep it to 30 seconds. Say leave your name. name. Yep. Say where you're from. That's how you get on the show. If you want that, to get on the that, show, wondering why your voices aren't getting on the show, 30 seconds, name, where you're from. That's what we're looking that, for. That voicemail we just played from Rob, that was 23 seconds. He said his name. He had a good question. He told Golden. us where he was from. Golden. Man, yeah. he's a veteran. That's how you get on the show. A lot, you get a lot of voicemails that can't make on the show because they're just too long or you, or you don't say who, your name, who you are. And I just, you know, that's yep. just that's how you get on the show. So, and if you like the show, head over to iTunes, write a review, let people know about it, help spread the word. And while you're in iTunes, search for iFanboy Don't Miss and subscribe to the Don't Miss podcast. Uh, we, this uh, last week, this past week, we welcomed Chris Neesman, formerly of Around Comics, now of iFanboy, um, as well as 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> and those but, guys are out of comics. Yeah, That's exactly. how you no, but uh, Chris is going to be coming on and joining uh, joining us and doing some Don't Misses every once in a while. And he did a great one with the guy, with Christos Gage and Mike Costa behind G.I. Joe Cobra 2, number one. Um, mm-hmm. So subscribe to don't miss write a review don't miss help spread the word about don't miss definitely because that that we're gonna be we're doing uh doing more great shows we're gonna have another great one coming this monday i'm gonna be doing it uh, it's gonna be surprises to who it is um so tune into that and write a review for it thank you so there you go yeah i gotta say there's been some hell of this uh, the, between that one and the scott alley i'm like man why am i not on these shows yeah i'm wondering that too. good question josh yeah, why good question you? why aren't you i had somewhere to be <laughs> They were good, though. You know what? The other side, I get to be a fan for those. Like, I yeah. really enjoyed listening to those shows. Well, and I had- you know what's so funny is that now when I do those interviews, I'm, I, know you're, I know you guys are listening, and so I'm horrified to fuck them up. 
So, uh, so like, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't screw up the Scott Alley one because that would that could have gone that could have gone south quickly. And, yeah, yeah. But Paul, I Paul, do, well, Paul was MVP on that one, big time. Yeah, yeah, I, I do know that when you, I can tell when you don't have anything to say. I don't know if the normal <laughs> listener does. You're like, Shut yeah, up. no, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort, abort. <laughs> All right, before we give away any more secrets, we're gonna wrap it up. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I am Josh. Oh, really awesome. Look at you. Look at you, Johnny Editing Machine. That's a bad nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Editing Machine is a bad nickname. He's the one tough guy you're not afraid of. Yeah, Johnny Editing Machine. Yeah, why don't you go edit your clips? (laughs) Why don't you go render? What are you, you, cuts only? Come on. Hey, 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 star wipe. Your Your mother was a grass valley. That's the nerdiest joke I've ever, <laughs> ever told. I did it. I did it, kid. Thank you. Good night.